Uh, welcome to another crazy episode of Stock Talk. Uh, my name is Amin Reina. I'm an investment coach here at Sage Investors, and this is episode 55. Um, for those of you who have uh, tapped into this uh, little Periscope thing uh, over the year, you'll notice uh, from time to time I like to do some episodes where I, I kind of share with everybody some of my recent investment decisions that I make. You see, kind of as an investment coach, you know, one of my main functions is to teach people how to make better investment decisions, teach people how to go through the process and the mechanics and the behavioral side of making investment decisions. Well, it's one thing to teach people about it. It's another thing to model the behavior. It's one thing to talk the talk. It's another thing to walk the walk. So one of the things I really feel important as part of like the value of my practice is is being transparent and sharing with people how I go about making investment decisions. And so. What I do every month on my website, sageinvestors.ca, is I post a blog of my recent investment decisions from the previous month, and I walk through basically how the process of how I came about making those decisions. Um, and I leverage a lot of the, the teachings that I do, uh, specifically you know, answering eight fundamental questions when evaluating a company and using them to make investment decisions. So what I'm doing in this episode is just another, another one of those typical kind of episodes where I'm just going to walk through some of my recent decisions. So I'm going to talk about some of my investment decisions that I had, uh, made in November. Now November, we all know, was a pretty crazy month, um, specifically with the election, and there was a lot of, uh, you know, hand wringing and you know, a lot of uncertainty, anxiety in terms of how things were going to shake out. Uh, so going into the month, I was pretty much taking a hands-off approach because even though everything was showing that uh, Hillary was going to win the thing, mainstream media was on board, and every poll was saying it was going to be a you know destruction. Um, the dude won, and uh, so. As investors, you know, as much as whatever we agree or disagree with it, the guy's in. And as investors, we have to make decisions for the, for, for our own for our own purposes and for our uh, long run um, benefit. So, so what happened? So immediately, uh, the markets had a hissy fit for about you know a couple of hours overnight, and the market was pre-markets were down a thousand points. So everybody's thinking, oh, the market's going to crap out because Trump's in. And sure enough, the market popped the next day, and the next day, and the next day. And since then, we've had one hell of a ride. And it's really almost been business as usual. Um, daily stock market, uh, markets reaching record highs. Um, it's been status quo. Uh, in terms of what I did, I, you know, I did basically nothing. Um, I made no decisions. I, uh, I had my list of companies I was looking to buy because I thought maybe there would be a little bit of a meltdown, but nothing happened, so I standed pat. And uh, in fact, I ended up making money um, by doing that, and, which is again one of the core lessons that I teach people is that sometimes the best decisions you make are just to do nothing, especially when you get into these high anxiety kind of situations. It's better to just chill, take a step back, review your investment plan, and just methodically execute it. So what was interesting though during the month was I didn't do anything. I wasn't planning to do anything, but I ended up having to do stuff because some stocks, because the market was going crazy, going up and up, um, some of my stocks that I bought were now like at levels where I go, hey, maybe I want to sell this and make money off it and bank the profit. And that's essentially what I did. And so I'm just going to share with you a couple of those decisions that I made. The first one I made was to sell uh, my shares in Tiffany. Um, at the start of the year, I bought it for $62 a share. And in November, I sold it for 79, almost 79.50 a share. Made about 23% return on the investment. At the time when I bought it in January, luxury retail was just all poo-poo. Retail sales were going down and in the toilet, especially luxury retail sales. But 
I, I think these are well-run, well-managed businesses, iconic brands. I thought Tiffany was an iconic brand and it was making money still despite the fact, you know, um, the, the experts were saying it was uh, out of favor. So, you know, I bought it, but I had made over 23, 24% on the stock. So I said, you know what, I'm comfortable with that turn. So I, I decided to bank the profit and, and uh, take the profit. Second one I sold also was uh, Southern Copper Company. Um, they just basically make you know copper producing company. Um, I bought it again last year. I bought it uh, in the depths when copper prices were really tanking at about twenty four fifty, and I sold it in November for about thirty three dollars. So I made about twenty nine percent return on that investment. The big thing that happened in November is after Trump got elected, copper prices surged because then all of a sudden the vibe that was get there was that Trump's going to spend like a trillion dollars on infrastructure. If you're going to spend money on infrastructure, you're going to need materials, you're going to need copper. And copper had one of its biggest like weekly increases in like 35 years. So copper prices don't go up like up and down like crazy. They're pretty, you know, tepid, pretty flat. So I used it as, as a total selling opportunity. So I said, you know what, I'm just going to bank the profit here and go away. Maybe I'll come back if prices come fall back down, I'll come back and buy because it's a really quality company, a really good low cost producing company. The final one that I sold uh, during the month was my shares of Southwest Airlines, which I, which I only bought in July. And again, it's been on one of my on my list of companies I've always wanted to buy, but I've never been able to buy it because it's just been too pricey. I think it's been too pricey. But in July, the stock did okay. The profits and earnings were okay, but the market just hated it and killed the stock. It was down like 15% in one day in July, so I bought it. And uh, I think it's a quality icon. Airline companies are really, you know, Buffett, you know, I'll get to Buffett in a second, but there usually aren't really a lot of wealth, really good solid wealth creating airline companies. So I've always stayed away from this. This is the first time I bought an airline stock. And, but I've always been amazed with um, the, the Southwest model. It's just been one of the most efficiently run managed companies and wealth creating companies. They've created, they've been quarterly profitable for like almost 47 straight quarters, which is insane. So hey, this is a quality company and I bought it at a 15% discount. Well, what happened in November? It turns out that Buffett likes airline stocks too and he disclosed that he went out and bought a whole whack of, of airline stocks, including Southwest Airlines. Boom, stock popped. Um, I bought it at 37, it's popped as high as 47. I was up about 26%. I said, okay, I'm gonna take the profit. You know, even though Buffett's buying it, he must know something, I should probably just ride the wave. But again, it's coming down to what's a, pro a return that I'm comfortable with. And I'm happy if a stock pops uh, 20, 25%, if I can get 20, 25% return, I'm covering my purchasing power, I'm generating extra capital, extra wealth, I'm happy. If I can make those kind of indecisions over and over and over again, I'm happy to do it. So I sold it. So, and then um, the other decision I made was I decided to add more shares to an ETF that I bought, which is uh, an ETF that invests in Indian um, stocks. And the big reason I bought that because if Trump wasn't there, the big really business story or economic story in November was the fact that India uh, basically rendered a whole ton of cash currency to be worthless, the demonetization. And they were trying to uh, you know, cut down on a lot of corruption, a lot of black market kind of thing. That's an amazing, it was an unreal story, but it got no story because of, because of Trump, obviously. And, uh, but the fact of the matter is, uh, Indian stocks then started coming back down. But as an investor, I think one of the long-term investment stories is India. I think it's gonna be one of the more dominant economies 
you know, the next 15, 20 years. It has so many things going for it. And it's not just your old traditional, you know, call center, you know, economy. They're moving up the value chain and they're doing a lot more innovation and a lot more uh, development and, of, of technology and, 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 med and medicine. And uh, they have a really educated workforce. And uh, so they're going to do some damage, I think, in the long run. So this is one of my whole long-term holdings. And so I used the drop back, it fell back, that ETF fell down, so I bought some more stock of that. So again, another long-term holding. But that's kind of what, you know, so those are kind of the decisions I, I made uh, in the month, which I weren't expecting. These are stocks I was perfectly happy to hold for really long periods of time, but just the, with the hysteria that's been going on in the market, it just said, you know what, I'll just take the profit now and just take the low-hanging fruit and just play for another day. And uh, so that's, that's pretty much what I decided to do. So thought I'd share with that through you. You can go to my website and you can read a little bit more about the decisions and how I went about those decisions um, um, with these decisions. And also uh, I'm gonna be posting some uh, postings on some of the stocks that I added. And I'll do this in another episode. Uh, I don't wanna waste too much of your time there. Question there, do I buy dividend stocks? Um, I buy stocks that create wealth. Um, dividend is not uh, at the top criteria for me. I don't buy a stock, well, because it pays a dividend, therefore I should consider it. No, dividend is sort of, an afterthought, really. At me, I look at the company's uh, abilities, you know, to create wealth. Can they generate strong returns on capital that can cover their costs of capital? And if they're doing that, they're creating tangible wealth. And that's ultimately stock prices are gonna get driven by that. And uh, buying stocks just because it pays a dividend, to me is riskier because you know what? These are businesses with ideas and people and uh, they're just as susceptible from going from 100 to zero uh, uh, as any other business. So I, you know, dividends are an afterthought for me because um, I look at it really more from a business perspective um, from that side of it. So that's all I got for you. Thanks, thanks sir, for, uh, who's that, Bob the Gambler? Hope that helps, uh, hope that answers your question. So that's what I've got for you today. Um, if you have any questions, if you have any other questions, you wanna hit me with some questions or any of that, give me a shout through my website, um, sageinvestors.ca, you can hit me through an email. Or you can uh, go to my Twitter handle, at Sage Investors. You can follow all my market observations, my commentary, and also my investment decisions. I tweet them out in uh, real time. And uh, you can ask, uh, follow away, I encourage you to follow away. And uh, if you have any other ideas for me to talk about some other episodes for future episodes, give me a shout. Question just popped up, where am I from? I am in Toronto, Canada. So uh, if you're out there, give me a shout talk to you. So that's been another episode of Stock Talk. My name is Amin Arena of Sage Investors and we'll catch you again another time.